Hi, my name is Maisha. And my name is Zara. And you're listening to That's What They Said, where we break down the them versus us narrative. Welcome back to another episode of That's What They Said. You can find us on Instagram at That's What They Said Podcast. That is our Instagram handle. You can also find us on Twitter or at what's what they said ca you can also send us an email at that's what they said ca at gmail.com we are available on apple podcast spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast just type in the search bar that's what they said ca <laughs> and um we're also available on policy so if you want to echo any comment any thoughts you had just you know echo our podcast there and we'll reply and i think the platform on which we're most active where we actually give countdowns reminders and hints about our upcoming episodes would be, would be instagram mm-hmm. so give us a follow there and subscribe to our channels on apple Podcasts yeah. and spotify yes that's a lot of that's what they said that you just mentioned yes it could be a drinking game <laughs> literally play it again yeah <laughs> a drinking game. take a shot every time i just says that's what they said <laughs> yeah all right let's get into today's episode so today our episode is in honor of the upcoming international women's day we're going to talk about how in 2020, from our own personal experiences, what we think where women are in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that always comes to mind when I think of equality in today's age is one time my friend actually asked me, I was like, Zara, like in, in 2019, this was last year, in 2019, to give me one one thing that women can't do that men can do or give me one law that discriminates against women. And, you know, I it took me a moment to think about it, but it might seem like We've, we're equal now. In 2019, we're equal. 2020, we're equal. But that matters which region you're from. In North America, there's maybe a different definition of equality. And, and where we're from in South Asia, it might be different. But what I always ask myself is, in terms of how far we've come, is has people's mentality changed yeah. when it comes to equality? Or has a social construct changed around equality? Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's a good point that you mentioned. Because at the end of the day, I think... Equality is something, uh, gender equality is something, uh, and even I think a lot of issues when it comes to like say LGBTQ rights. Even at the end of the day, the law could actually spell it out. They say you know there should be equality. You know mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus people should have their rights, but when it comes to these issues, the law, the word of the law sometimes is completely disregarded. Right? Yeah, it could be legal. You know, women should be paid equal to men. Uh, LGBTQ plus people have the same rights as every mm-hmm. uh, human being, and they should be treated equally. But it's people's perception, and so the society thinks the so uh, the social perspective on this at yes. the end of the day. Yeah, and I think, and before we get into our own experiences, mm-hmm. I just want to put a quote out there because you know facts matter. You know, we think we've come really far in twenty twenty, but. As of now, we are only 68.5% at, we've only gone that distance in terms of achieving gender parity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, according to the World Economic Forum, there's still 99.5 years before their overall gender pay gap can close. 99.5 years is a lot, you know? That's one whole century. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Mm -hmm. A century ago, the world didn't have anything really like you think about where if wherever you're sitting right now we didn't have any even in, like any creation that would come near to what the computer you're using the phone that you have in your hand people had nothing people if you wanted to call someone all the way in say india you would actually have to send a telegram yeah. a letter and it would take months yeah. to get to india say from even uk yeah right so that's so imagine how much how many stages of 
revolution and you know technological revolution that we had to go through to get to where we are today yeah so imagine how much we had to do in the hundred years to get to this modern civilization we're in so do we is it really that number is it really how many years we have before we get yeah. overall gender equality yeah and obviously this is um encompassing many different countries developing mm-hmm. and developed countries it is it does vary from say europe to north america to asia but Overall, ninety nine point yeah. five years. At least a hundred years to yeah. think of that, mm-hmm. right? And that that so that goes to show that you know when you were giving that instance where your friend said that, I mean, if women could truly do in North America what every man can do, and maybe the losses that some place in some places the losses that you can, yeah. But are we able to do that's the thing, yeah. right? Exactly. So I think what we want to do today with this episode is we want to go into our own experiences. Because we've all experienced it directly or indirectly. We've heard about it. And how we're going to do this is basically we're going to go into three different aspects mm-hmm. of it. So we'll start with the first aspect, which is going to be just how we perceive equality or how we see the behavior towards equality in our social circles. Yeah. And I think uh, just before we dive into this, one thing I want to say to our listeners that at the end of the day, the reason why for this episode, Zara and actually just going to, you know, what we're saying is based on our own personal experiences is... You know, at the end of the day, every woman's experience is different. Mm-hmm. And I don't think none of us, when I say us, I mean no woman, bears the entire weight of, yeah, her, of her gender, gender yeah. on her shoulders. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that, and we can't, a lot of things can't be necessarily generalized. I and mean, some things can, like, you know, uh, uh, sexism, say, for example, or uh, gender wage gap. These things, yes, those are facts. But mm-hmm. some, the nuances of these experiences, they vary across each and every woman. So, mm-hmm. so that's why I think we just we just thought we'd put, you know, from our lens, how we see certain things that actually do play into certain um, facts about, say, you know, cultures or workplaces that we are all, that we all know, but just from our lens, how that varies, I think. That's what we'd like to share today. Yeah. So yeah, moving into the, with respect to our social circles. And when we talk about social circles, we're talking about the dynamics we share and what kind of observations we made based mm-hmm. on our conversations with our families, our friends. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so I think personally, and we have many similar friends, very mutual friends, yeah. I think we're very blessed in that sense to have a group of, a diverse group of friends and friends who really respect mm-hmm. women as well as people who are non-cis, right? Yeah. They were really respectful in the sense that... Um, I don't really, personally, I don't on a day-to-day basis, I don't ever feel like my friends are discriminating mm-hmm. against me because Same. of my gender. But, you know, just there's instances where it pops up, right? There's and inst- yeah. that those, pop, those pop up because it's very much like an unconscious bias, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's so ingrained in a way that you just don't, sometimes I feel like the person doesn't even realize it is yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, um, just from my personal experience, um, when I think about simple things like driving, <laughs> I personally don't like driving. <laughs> I hate driving, you know. Um, I, I, I always say, like, I love being a professional passenger. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, it's just, I like to zone out all the time, so I think I don't think driving is for me. But I know so many times that because I, I don't drive, I've had, say, some friends tell me, like, oh, if you're so independent, why don't you drive yourself? And it's like, I don't need to drive myself anywhere. I, I, I don't mind taking a and bus. See, see, I can go long distances <laughs> with a bus. I go to Langley, which is very far away, with a bus for work. Like, public transport has never been an issue for me. So I can transport myself from A to B. But see, that just yeah. shows your independence, I like right? I mean, no, I mean, yeah. I've known for so many years and we spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And even that, the fact that you just said that you are willing to travel from Vancouver to Langley, if necessary, more time, but yeah. you'll get there how you want to get there, right? Yeah, yeah. So, that shows independence, right? Yeah. And you, 
you want to do it on your so. terms. No, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. So yeah. I, I don't think that, you know, independence can be measured by something as, honestly speaking, something to me that seems... Mm-hmm. Is not as significant in the bigger picture, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, it's a whole different conversation mm-hmm. when you think about, I mean, financial independence, which you also have. So, but you know, that's where I think someone who, wh- whether or not a woman is independent or not, right? You yeah. can derive, you can derive her independence from, say, for example, is she able to pay for her own things or is she able to stand up for herself? You know, yeah. I mean, you could find even a woman who knows how to drive, but she doesn't know how to stand up for herself, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't think. I don't think yeah. anyone should yeah, really that's judge just, and that's just a small instance but it's like since we're talking about like friends and yeah. family and whatnot it's like I definitely think that everybody's very respectful and they, they believe in equality but it's just these little things that's unconscious like unconscious bias yeah. have in their head that yeah. like oh these women they talk about equality and feminism all the time but then they don't do what other like strong or what yeah. they perceive as strong independent women yeah. who kind of mirror the typical uh, male uh, qualities I just want to highlight something that Zara just said what they perceive mm-hmm. you know and that's really important like yeah. why is it that why is it there this box in which women yeah. are defined and you know similarly for you like I'm one of those friends that says this to you all the time too and I've had to check myself on it mm-hmm. but like I've, I'm always telling you that um you're too smart, you're too opinionated, or you're too, like, knowledgeable. So that's why it's hard for me to set you up with someone. Because, because <laughs> yeah. and, like, I know many other friends have said that to you, too. Because it's, like, you're great, but I feel, like, we all are, like, thinking that you need someone who's better than you in that yeah. sense. And that's, unfortunately, like, those sorts of gender roles coming into play. Yeah, and, right? and I think I've even been told that, you know, guys have, guys have told me, I think, it's, you're intimidating. And when I think mm. about that, it's just, I'm like, would you say that if this was to a guy who's strong, uh, opinionated, and confident. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm no. just... It's like, is there is there a box which says that women can't be too smart? And, you know, when I think about that, I'm like, and it's... First of all, I don't think I'm so smart, by the way. I'm not. And, <laughs> yes, you uh, are. No. And uh, <laughs> secondly, I just... When I think about that, I'm just like, if, if you wouldn't ask that to a man, yeah. right? Why should you ask that to a woman? Yeah, and it just goes back to the gender roles, right? So it's yeah. like, we've all grown up it doesn't make us, it doesn't make us, like, horrible people. It doesn't make us anything. But it's just we've grown up thinking that men are supposed to be like this and women are supposed to be like this. So it's taking years for us to just reverse that thinking in our head. Like like I said, you have to check yourself. Yeah. And even when I told you that, like, I, we were just talking about it. And, and even I said... Word of the day, check yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you really do. Because, like, we, we all say stupid shit. And, and we, we have just, unconscious biases. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. I was just literally telling you, like... Yeah, I can't set you up with any, anyone because, like, you're too smart for everybody. And then I myself told you, but, like, why am I thinking like that? Like, yeah. just because someone is not as opinionated as you doesn't mean yeah. they're not as equally as intelligent in other ways, yeah. right? I mean, exactly. I think yeah. that, you know, that's where how I see it. I'm like, maybe for one person I'm smart and for another person I could be completely stupid, yeah. right? We all have, there are so many ways you can measure intellect, right? Yeah. The creativity, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. business, I can do so many things, yeah. right? Just curiosity, so many aspects you could think of intelligence you know to be judged by uh, judging someone's intellect so i don't th- there is no box that mm-hmm. says women have to be intelligent in a certain way yeah and that you know women can't be too smart yes or t- most more importantly i think one more thing that i think is intimidating i've seen or people find intimidating amongst women is opinionated women yeah and as an opinionated woman myself and you're an opinionated mm-hmm. woman i think that you know I don't think that should be intimidating. Yeah. And it's not and it's not even just like being opinionated about everyday things. It's about being opinionated about say the work field, about politics, about social culture and stuff. Yeah. It's those things that really 
make people feel like this woman is not as attractive or not as like um not as like wife material or whatnot right <laughs> yeah. yeah because like you can be smart and get good grades you're a doctor you're this but then you're too big you're, mouth yeah you're too like out there you know yeah and but i yeah. hate that so these back to the gender roles right like similarly my mother she's a very strong independent woman and she she's an entrepreneur she's, she's an entrepreneur yeah and then she's always raised us to tell us that we have to make a we have to make a living for ourselves we have to work hard for ourselves but then she has these moments of weakness where the cultural this the societal bias and the societal the upbringing that she had sweeps into her head and she's like make sure your husband is the one paying for the house make sure your husband in the future is the one who pays all the grocery bills the big bills and they they, they cover your basic expenses but you're an engineer <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i grew up thinking like whatever happens 50 50 or if i have to support the family at a certain time in my life i would because mm-hmm. to me it's like i'm not thinking that the man needs to do that but mm-hmm. like but, I, I, at one point i did think that actually but i've learned i've checked myself and yeah. i've grown right? no but that's the thing right it's, it's a lot a lot of these unconscious biases that we all have right even yourself me everybody does right mm-hmm. first of all we don't even know we have them and secondly i think that these biases grow because we as we grow up it's our upbringing it's about what we see on television so the the way we visually absorb it what we hear we absorb it so our brain doesn't have to necessarily make a conscious effort to kind of learn and absorb these things Mm -hmm. and whereas now because the world has become more woke to say we actually are realizing oh no we actually have to check ourselves what you just said yeah. right and that requires a conscious effort by your brain and yeah. that's why we think oh my god that's just so much work why do you have to do it maybe you're being too sensitive it why does it have to be at every conversation or every mm-hmm. little thing but here's the thing the original bias you got you, is the that was also a lot of work the difference is your brain just didn't know it was doing that work yeah right mm-hmm. so now it's like so rationally speaking and logically speaking, it's just that now you're also doing the same amount of work. So your brain, brain can do that work for sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and these might just seem like little things like in comparison to the law giving us equality, right? Yeah. Like going back to my friend's question, like yeah. how are you not the same as a man? Yeah, the law is making me equal, but all this rant that we just went on. Yeah. Right? basically just trying to say that like these little things do affect us. These little, little perceptions that people have basically do yeah. make equality not hundred percent there yet yeah 68.5 yeah as of now apparently yeah. according to world economic forum so yeah i mean as you said zara 68.5 percent that's mm-hmm. how much gender parity we have reached but yeah that now we just moving the conversation into social dynamics in a family right you think about how in families when i say family it doesn't have to be only in your family extended family or just culturally right you think about it i think a lot of biases are there right even if if we, and I think in our um, last episode, in our last episode of last season, yeah. we in Coffee versus Chai, if you haven't listened to it, you should. <laughs> but we kind of, Love we, that yeah, we talk about how there are these cultural differences of how women are perceived, right? Say, for example, in our culture, by the time a woman turns like 22, 23, marriage will start ringing in everyone's mm-hmm. ears, you know, it's like an alarm that goes off, like, oh, yeah. we gotta get someone married. Things like that, right? I mean, a lot of it is cultural biases, but I do give credit to the fact that even in family dynamics, a lot of change is coming. Not only mm-hmm. in our culture, even in yeah. North American culture, I think that, you know, um, the idea that even women, a man is not necessarily the only breadwinner, you know, it could be an equal effort. Yeah. And uh, I think those changes are coming. Yes, for sure. Especially in the developing world. Like, I think we've come a bit further in this part of the world, but in developing countries, for sure. I know that the, the mindset is changing. It's changing greatly. 
yeah, in terms yeah. of having like more people are happy to have girls because they don't feel that pressure like, oh no, I had a girl, mm-hmm. so now who's gonna take care of me mm-hmm. when I'm older? Like my son is not there to take care of me. Mm-hmm. But now now you can trust your daughter, you can yeah, you just basically yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can and trust I, your daughter to and I think and you. I think well, I think what we're trying to get across to our listeners is at the end of the day, uh, when it comes to family dynamics, sometimes things like, we've seen this in uh, some families, not ours, because none of us are brothers, but we've seen <laughs> that, you know, oh, families with sons and daughters, they prefer the son being sent abroad to study, yeah. you know, and not necessarily the daughter. Mm-hmm. And but they don't these, want to spend as much time on higher studies for their Exactly, daughter. exactly. And those kind of biases, I would think that exists even in North America, but Differences, as Zara said, it's more prevalent in the developing countries. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what we need to recognize in both dynamics in families and with your friends is, I think we have not achieved we've not achieved hundred percent parity. Yeah. You know, and where women are in twenty twenty with respect to our personal relationships with yeah. our families and friends mm-hmm. is that there's still that unconscious bias that kicks in in your conversations in your thoughts. So. Quote of the day, check yourself. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And don't expect women to bear the weight of their entire gender oh, on yes, their shoulders. Absolutely. Yeah. Or anybody that's not cis. Like don't expect a group to anybody in a group to bear the weight of their entire yeah. gender. Because yeah. like for a man, you wouldn't do that, right? You wouldn't you would just say he's a lazy man. You wouldn't yeah. say he's brought entire mankind or entire like whatever male population to shame. But you yeah. would you might say that to a woman, right? Yeah. Just because she's maybe doesn't drive, just because she's opinionated just because she's lazy or just maybe because she's, she's a homemaker yeah just because she's a housewife or just because she's going through a rough patch where she's doing nothing with her life yeah. right now don't say that she's exactly and i think the way one like one advice or one way i would suggest you can check yourself is before you kind of jump to that conclusion right think that would you say that if he was a man yeah right because equality means your decision is your decision and, and it's not just should be respected for that yeah and it's not judged based on your gender yeah that's equality and yeah. that's what feminism yeah. is mm-hmm all right, so we'll move into workplace now yeah. is what we want to talk about next. Okay, so with the workplace, my, my general idea here is that obviously there is a there's a wage gap, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that the, that exists. Now, my general, many people tell me like it doesn't exist. I've had arguments with people that you guys are exaggerating it. It's not that bad, blah, blah, blah. But at an entry level, which is where you and I are at mm-hmm. right now, or where I am at least, like there when, when you're starting a job, there's kind of like a set pay that they give yeah. new graduates yep. regardless of their gender yep. for any in, for majority of the industries, right? Whether you're working in retail or whether you're an engineer like I am, there's kind of like a set industry standard yeah. or a set company standard. So obviously I'm going to get paid as someone, as a male who started with yeah. me. But where I usually see or where I hear about the most wage gap is once, is once you get to the promotions. They're, like women maybe can't negotiate as much or they feel like, like during negotiations, women don't ask for much as much as a man does because of once again, societies, mm-hmm. no, like preconceived notions and existing kind of culture that lives around, mm-hmm. lives around us, right? And on top, and then next is when you get to a higher, higher position. It's like if if men and women are both up for CEO, they might offer a little less salary to them. This obviously depends yeah. from company to company, but yeah. it has generally been the culture, yeah, right. And then just from my own perspective, like as an engineer, I work in a very, very, very male dominated mm-hmm. field. Yeah. Like when I even when I went to school, when my and I started school in 2011, 2011 and in a class of like 200 people, there was 20 girls, something mm-hmm. like that, right? So, yeah, I work in a very male-dominated field. So there's in there's many sectors still, and like mm-hmm. there's no denying that women don't go into certain sectors because 
they feel like it's a man's world there or yeah. maybe because they don't feel accepted there maybe they don't feel like there's enough opportunity for them there or because they've just grown up thinking like it's just this is not barriers they feel right? yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. and i i think um so from from for me so i work in the corporate world and i think my company i mean i think i'm privileged enough that i work in a company that it's a global company, so it makes gender equality a priority yeah. as a leader in the corporate world to try to ensure that in the corp in this sector there is gender equality. But as you said, at the entry level, I'm at the entry level job too. Mm-hmm. They there is no differentiation. There yeah. is no like you know a male associate is going to get paid more than a female associate. That's mm-hmm. not the case. Everyone's paid equally. Yeah. But I would, but I, and I'm not a, I'm not, I've not become a boss in yeah. my own firm yet, but um, I would assume that at the end of the day, it really comes down to whether as a woman, you think you can go and negotiate something for your salary. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times women just don't know what they want to ask. Whereas yeah. men just have that confidence. They haven't been empowered. Yeah. yeah. And whereas I think women and men just, you know, they, there's so many things, like mm-hmm. so many behavioral um traits and behavioral characteristics like if you think about how you know if a woman is being too uh too strong and too like authoritative uh, author, but sorry that's the wrong word if she's being uh, a boss essentially mm-hmm. right or she's it's like she comes off as sometimes i mean i've read this sometimes female ceos come off as a bitch yeah just because they're like actually angry just, woman kind yeah, of thing yeah just because they're doing but they're whereas a man if he behaved in the same way mm-hmm. oh he'd be called strong yeah. assertive right yeah. sometimes how women have to um you nest like for example, um, I've seen this not necessarily in workplace, even amongst my peers and friends that women who are more soft spoken, it's like just because you're soft spoken, you're kind of not taken seriously, mm-hmm. right? And it's like for yourself to be heard, you kind of have to like, you know, be on a higher tone and be more confident and be yeah. more assertive, right? Yeah. And that those distinctions, you don't necessarily see it when it comes to men yeah. and how they're perceived. Um, but yeah, sorry, coming back to my workplace, I think my experience has, yeah, as I said, I've been privileged that mm-hmm. I worked in a company that I think tries to achieve gender equality. And you've been given that opportunity to put, you know, you know, be on the table sort of and kind of bring your input. But at the end of the day, I do think that one thing that I think needs to remember, and I've observed this not just my company, I think every company out there, right? That when you're trying to achieve equality, it's important to understand that the intersectional aspects of it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That how there are women of minority women. So women are a minority, yes. but they're also minority women, women yeah. of color, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, LGBTQ plus people as yeah. well, right? That these minorities also count, right? Exactly. Trans women, I'll even bring trans yeah. women. Mm-hmm. That at the end of the day, feminism if or equality, feminism right now is so infamous in some circles, I'd rather use the word equality. Mm-hmm. Um, equality is when you're not uplifting one one section of women, you're uplifting all women. Exactly. Right? Yeah. All people who identify as women. Yeah. And I think that that is where I think progress has been made mm-hmm. but as you said there's a century of progress left yeah and i think like for me i can i can kind of speak on my experience in my company itself we have we have a good i would say a good ratio of um male to female as well as a good ratio of dif- or just a, a diverse wide variety of yeah. type of people you know so i think in that way um my first job right after school i've been very blessed you yes. know i've never felt like my boss has um treated me and my male Coworker any differently. differently. Mm-hmm. He's kind of trusted us equally. Yeah. And the only time that I've felt like they've trusted us differently is based on our experience level, yeah. which is fair. And which is yeah. fair. Which that's is based on yeah. gender. Exactly, which is 100% fair. But like, I, I know from so many instances where 
women in engineering have faced that discrimination just by saying like maybe not sending women to site as much or um, I know personally one time um, one of my site supers was uh, was was a female site super and one of my colleagues who's who I share my office with he was just like oh my god female site supers can be such a bitch sometimes and they're probably PMSing but they uh, wouldn't say that about a site super who was male and who was just being cranky who was just being cranky right yeah. like she might be having a bad day she might be whatnot so once again it's just like these behavioral things like these expectations yeah that, not so like women are kind of termed as this angry person like she's probably PMSing or she's just an angry woman and I I, I would I mean mm-hmm. I would think that that I want to say that could be in any sector yeah any industry right I mean once again I feel like I'm not a superior in my job mm-hmm. I'm an entry level so I don't necessarily see that but I don't know how people see right perceptions don't really come out yeah on words right especially in workplaces mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily right yeah so I think I mean I know some of the responsibility is on women as well like i i personally love dressing up i love being very feminine but if i'm going on site i know that i have to wear a certain type of clothing mm-hmm. not because i'm trying to hide anything but because like i'm on site i don't want to wear something very new like i'm yeah. gonna wear ruggedy clothes i'm gonna wear steel toe clothes i'm gonna wear a hard hat i'm gonna yeah. wear like and keep my hair tied up so it's not because i'm trying to be like the men but it's just like there's safety involved yeah there's this so obviously i take that responsibility because i'm not a dumb person yeah. i'm not i'm not a stupid female i'm just a person right yeah so like that's what the, i feel like i've been seen as a person for the most part in mm-hmm. my opinion, but i know so many people in my field haven't yeah who work on say bigger construction sites with more men but like i'm not gonna lie like it's sad that i feel this way but there's been so many times when i go to say like we're tendering a project and we have a bunch of different contractors we're tendering yeah. right and they're all male 99 percent of yeah. the time they're all male and there's just big tall men who work on construction sites standing in front of me and i'm like this five two girl <laughs> telling them the project scope and yeah. what to like look for when they're pricing it and i'm just standing there and i feel intimidated before yeah. i start you know no, I, I i feel it and I, I don't want to feel intimidated but there's so many times that i have also because i'm new yeah. but on top of that i do think no that I, i've been made to feel like that. i can i can see that because sometimes even so i've worked with people where it's, it's an all-male team mm-hmm. you know and then that's where representation really matters. Oh, yeah. Right? Where you can actually see, I mean, this sounds cliched by now, but it's like where you can see someone who looks like you, you know? And you can see, oh, you know what? There's someone who's actually in charge and kind of like like me. Exactly. Doesn't have to be necessarily, yeah. you know, woman, woman of color, whatever, but mm-hmm. I can relate to them. Yeah. And that gives you power. That empowers you, right? So I, I've, I'm engineer, I like engineering. The sector, the sector that I'm in, the industry that I'm in, it's not maybe necessarily as much male dominated. Mm-hmm. And uh, my own boss, she's a woman, yeah. and you know, I think that empowers me a lot. But yeah. then I have to work cross, uh, you know, cross functional sort of work with other teams and all male teams. It's just like, oh, I'm in a room and I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, right? You know what? Like, I thought it would just be in engineering, but stories that I hear from so many of my friends, whether in different industries. They still somehow end up when it comes to big board meetings or big like client meetings. They somehow always end up in a room full of men. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of shows my point that I said in the beginning that up in the higher level, there's not enough women. Yeah. Like and you have to take level, a- yes, there's a lot more women because we've all like we've all kind of grew up in the past 10, 15 years. Like yeah. we need to be educated, we need to support ourselves, blah blah blah. But up in the top levels, there's still not enough women. There's still not enough representation and I, for us. And I think, and I think, what one factor, one huge factor that contributes to that is the fact that you know companies actually see a dropout in like the semi to like higher management level of women, Ooh, right? Yeah. So they're yeah, mm-hmm. so they're not able to like get to that leadership. Yeah. and that dropout comes when women honestly when they're about to have kids or yeah, right after yeah, having kids, coming, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that what happens is women. 
and it's very common, right? You think about it. Say, for example, you have a, a you have a kid, or sorry, you're pregnant, and so you let your team know maybe you're not considered for promotion that year, and then you go for mat leave in Canada. We actually have maternity leave, unlike the U.S., so women can go up to for even a year, and then depending on company policy, it could be more than a year, and then they go on maternity leave. So you miss another year of promotion, and then you get back, and maybe you don't literally overnight get back zero to hundred, no, right? In the not, sense yeah. that you got to take some time to get back to work. Transition period, exactly, yeah. right? The same. I'm gonna say that's mm-hmm. let's say that's six to twelve months, right? So that's three years out of your career, right there, yeah. right? So maybe. Maybe for some women, some women they realize we have to work a lot harder to get back. Plus, we have to not manage a child. Mm-hmm. And then you think about what kind of support women get at home in order to raise that kid, yes. right? That brings me to paternity leave and maternity leave, right? Socially, we don't we think maternity leave is much more accepting. But you actually think about paternity leave. How many men do you know who will actually take paternity leave? Mm-hmm. Like at least take some time off to help their wife. I honestly don't know anyone that's taking. Paternity yeah, leave, and but, and I and yeah. I think that. Because that responsibility, socially, we don't think that because socially it doesn't automatically come to us, right? Mm-hmm. And the society doesn't automatically come to our minds, right? That's why even for fathers who actually might want to take yeah. paternity leave, but they hesitate thinking no one else is in the company or no one else is on my team. I don't. Yeah, or even just the societal pressures like the mother should be with the child when they're younger. Once again, another gender role that's been placed on women, yeah. which affects their workplace. And right? I think that is something that... That is something common between across cultures. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure, maybe in uh, developing countries, mm-hmm. the pressure is more on women. Yeah. Uh, household, even with respect to household work, mothers have to do more while at the same time mm-hmm. nursing a baby and raising the yeah. baby. But even developed countries, I think that's the same case that you mm-hmm. know maternity leave is more automatic. Mm-hmm. Women take it to raise their kids. Whereas yeah. maternity leave, I think now especially fathers want to. Yeah. And, sorry, and I'm not gonna say now. Even I think fathers have always wanted to because. Mm-hmm. They want to help them, yeah. the mother of their children, and they want to be there for the, for the moments that when their ch- child is literally changing every day as a baby, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So a father wants to do that, but yeah. because sure, paternity leave could even be in the policy, and that's where your friend's argument of mm-hmm. oh, you know, what is something that you know men can do and women can't, right? Even paternity leave is in the policy, so technically the law or the policy of a company could support you to take back leave, mm-hmm. but would you take it? Yeah. Is it a common practice? Exactly. You know, you can't, like, obviously you can't deny the biology, right? Yeah. Breast milk. Yeah, there is that factor, but... That mothers... Yeah, 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 but the the fact that fathers don't take pat leave is not because of that, mainly, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, in the earlier, earlier months, yes, but paternity leave is an option that's there for men to take yeah and fathers I, to take and I, yeah. and I do think that majority of the fathers would want to give that support not to only their wives but also their child right mm. and personally selfishly speaking they just might want to be there for their kid because they don't yeah. want to miss out those moments mm-hmm. moments right yeah. so I, do, I think that's that's a huge reason why companies in the in the world right now or in the world I think struggling with like how they can help women who are actually been fantastic employees and potential leaders up until that point but after but coming back from maternity leave seems a difficult process from them mm-hmm. and by coming back i mean they're back to work but just getting back to their groove what yeah. they were before they planned yeah. for their family right that is the part i think the companies are right now fighting for yes. and trying to figure out because i think the climate has changed a lot mm-hmm. in and yeah people companies are really trying to to make women and men feel equal, right? Yeah. Especially in terms of maternity leave. Yeah. Because I think more than anything, companies 
they've been trying to put in policies to, to include everybody for inclusion and this and that. But what really needs to happen is just like we need to be providing those opportunities for women to thrive, for minorities yeah. to thrive in a company because all these years they've felt like they couldn't thrive there's all these years there's been these barriers to entry there's yeah. been these barriers to thrive but yeah. you should remove those barriers and just create the, unfortunately maybe create an extra opportunity for the time being yeah. for women to thrive for women for there to be more representation and I, like in kind of like i don't think i know quotas are kind of looked down on and whatnot but i do feel like there's not a, going back to representation like there's not enough representation for women say in my field mm-hmm. so i know many people say like oh my company is just hiring more females at the time yeah. so i don't think that's right it should be based on quality but it's just like so many females little girls don't think that engineering is an option for them because, because they, they don't, don't see, see enough yep. so maybe if they ha- they're hiring three people and they decide to hire two females because of their gender like I'm not 100% against it although I do think it should be merit based like obviously I mean I think the way I see it say for example a little bit of a help in the opportunity for women I don't see anything wrong with something that they've been I kind of agree with that I mean I know I don't entirely agree yeah for example if there's two candidates for a position yeah one is a man one is a woman and you know very similar uh, qualifications literally the difference is the difference is like like one percent mm-hmm. right one percent in qualifications if you could really quantify the difference it was one percent right then i would actually be inclined to maybe hire the woman yeah right on or, or maybe that's where a company should yeah but but if there is such a significant yeah. difference, like the woman is not qualified no, the man no, no. is actually much more qualified then hire the man exactly then it comes sure. down to marriage, yeah, right yeah. because at the same time if i was that woman I wouldn't like to know that I got hired, even though I was much less qualified, but I got hired just because of, yeah. I'm a woman. Just because and of the like, diversity yeah. tape box. Exactly. Yeah. And like going back to the quotes or the statistics, 68.5%, the 99.5 years, that 99.5 years can be reduced if we put a little bit of a push yeah. to get more women into yeah. certain work fields, into higher positions. We can maybe not... We don't discriminate against men mm-hmm. to allow women to grow up, but we can just create some more opportunities for them to empower themselves to go up and yeah. just also empower them as well to reach higher levels yeah. in their careers yeah but i think yeah, and, but it's a, and it's a slippery slope but like but i think discrimination is not good but it's like you know, it, know it's like at the end of the day it's this is such a complex problem yeah and it's just been there for so long mm-hmm. right that's why the solution seems murky right now it's yeah. like you know people think about quotas people think about um uh, different forms of extra opportunity yeah. quota is one of them or it could be just that oh like you know we have women's programs or things mm-hmm. like that right um and when you think about those things it's just like you could find flaws in it of course every yeah. system has a flaw uh but that's the thing we have to be willing to try we have to be willing to fail yeah because if we don't try we'll never find out what works yeah there has to be some sort of reparations right yeah yeah there's only one reparations but yeah yeah but yeah but otherwise yeah i think that you know the those were our experiences. Yeah, I definitely like think the there's workplace. been, there's definitely been so much of a work culture shift, especially, I don't know, I've never worked in Bangladesh or yeah. in that part of the world, so I don't know, but from hearing North America, in, in North America, I think there has been great, great strides. Oh, 100%. And for sure, from what I hear in the developing world, it's definitely improving as well. Yeah. Especially at the entry level, like more people, more girls are being educated so they can enter the workforce. Yeah. And that's already a big step. You're helping the future, right? Yeah, and you are seeing more 10 years ago, compared to 10 years ago, now you are seeing more women in leadership positions. For sure. Right? And even if it's, yes, it's, say for example, simplest, simple example, it's two more women compared to 10 years ago, right? But those two even count. Yeah. That's two more than what we had 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? 
and that representation, seeing two more people, two human bodies, actually, yeah. that, that really counts. And that really empowers the younger generation, that empowers those people who are about to start their careers, that empowers mm-hmm. person who's been in the job for five years, that empowers yeah. them to be like, hey, you know what, I, I can motivate myself, I can go higher, I can mm-hmm. climb up the ladder, yeah. right? And yeah. at the end of the day, I think that we have progressed a lot. Yes. And I just want to say, I've been saying women, but I mean like women and basically non-cis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I think... minorities. uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these arguments do apply also for LGBTQ people. Exactly. Yes. But yeah, I think coming into another aspect (laughs) of um, representation would be in the entertainment industry. Oh. Right? And we're going to talk about... um, film industries, um, the two biggest ones in the world, Hollywood mm-hmm. and Bollywood. Yeah. And I think everyone's familiar with Bollywood. Yes. Um, and I think if you, uh, for a lot of people who might not be too familiar with Bollywood, it is the Indian film industry. It's the second biggest film industry in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Hindi film industry. Yeah, Hindi, Hindi, film, Hindi film industry. And mm-hmm. Zara and I are big fans. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and I think Bollywood as an industry has a lot of gender inequality issues. Mm-hmm. But we'll give you an example. Uh, we were one time watching this interview yeah. um, where this uh, journalist was interviewing a couple of actresses mm-hmm. in like a roundtable discussion sort of. And that's when the uh, question of um, Me Too movement in context of Bollywood came up. And I think one of these actresses was saying that, oh, you know, like, you no, know, like why would a woman put herself in that situation? Yeah. You know, why would she put herself in that situation? You know what she should do? Women should start learning martial arts. And I think that actress went on a rant. Yeah. With absolutely no constructive solutions Mm -hmm. till another actress jumped in and was like, you know, okay, those those don't sound like bad solutions. But unfortunately, not every woman at that point when uh, something inappropriate is constructed like that. Yeah, and not everyone has the strength to like, you know, stop it. Or maybe you're not, why is it that, and I think another actress then said, why is it on the woman? That mm-hmm. Why is she the one who has to learn more martial arts? Why is it not also on the man? Yeah, why can't, we, why can't the man take more accountability? Why do we have to learn more? We have to learn martial arts. We can like defend ourselves from yeah. sexual assault or yeah. whatnot. Yeah, and like that still exists. There's many, many people in the Bollywood industry who feel like it's, it's because women are weak. It's because women are not are putting themselves in that position, yeah. right? And that kind of... Um, reminds me of this Harvey Weinstein situation, right? Yeah. Where his lawyer said that when asked, like, it would, what, what would you do if this happened to you? And she was like, I would never put myself in that position. I'm such a strong person. Well, yeah. yeah. Whether yeah. you're strong, whether you're not, you get put in uncomfortable situations, not just in the entertainment industry, in yeah. any sort of industries. Any if circumstance. Yeah, if you're put in an uncomfortable situation, every woman, just like every person, reacts differently yeah. and you can't just be like you have to be why should we be prepared for bad things to happen to us yeah. no we should be prepared yeah. to like people should be expected and prepared to be good people yeah yeah basically but yeah that's just my I mean when, when, when a murder happens you don't blame the victim mm. <laughs> you don't say exactly. why the hell did you die yeah you, you we, we put the murderer on trial not the victim so I mm-hmm. think when it comes to gender in the entertainment industry there's a lot of bias against women right yeah. and I, I mean in our conversation right now we're, we're not necessarily focusing on the pay gap mm-hmm. we'll come we'll come to yeah, that yeah, in yeah. a bit but right now we're just starting with the Me Too movement that a lot of you are aware of and just trans- just showing you how you know across two different cultures it exists mm-hmm. yeah and it is there and I think another example that we want to note and this example actually applies to any company any sector 
entertainment or whatever i think there was another time where in bollywood another interview was happening between two leading actors and actress and the journalist journalist asked oh sorry the actress actually responded to a question by saying you know like she wants to get paid the same amount of as the guy as her yeah as a co-star yeah and what what what, what did he say yeah and he was just like um what did he say? Yeah, he was like, oh, you'll get paid as much as me when you are the hero of the film. So I'm the hero of the film, so I'm carrying the film on my shoulders. And he also meant, like, just for some context, that he is also producer of the film. So he doesn't take a base salary. So he's not taking a base salary, so he's getting the profit. Yeah. But that's not, that's fine. Like, yeah, you're you're, you're producing yeah. the film, you're, you're you're taking a risk yeah. that she's not taking, so you should be getting the profits, yeah. which are more than salary. But then he it's said that... It's like tone. Yeah, but then he said, he also said that... Uh, he actually asked her that, okay, let's, then my next film, let's produce it, you and I, and then we'll split the profits. And then if you're in the film, then you can do the hero's role. Yeah. That part I didn't like. Yeah. Where, because if he stopped us saying, if we jointly produce it, you know, then none of us take the salary, we'll just split mm-hmm. the profits, right? That's fair. That's equal. But then he ended by saying, you'll produce a film where you do the hero's role. Yeah. And because the, that's so basically saying the female's role is not the hero's role. She's just a supporting cast member, even though she has an equal role as him in this Yeah. Movie. And she actually jumped in saying, because, yeah. The actor and actress were on interview because they they were doing a film together that was coming out, and the actress actually jumped in multiple times saying, "Yeah, but my role is actually equal to what the hero's role is, right?" Yeah. So he kept saying that, and just to give you context, this actor is actually he said he calls himself that he believes in equality right Mm -hmm. and just like him and i think he's a good example of how a lot of people and not necessarily only in the entertainment industry a lot of people could be your friends families a lot of men say they want equality that Mm -hmm. you know they are feminists but what i think what was what i noticed from this example this actor says that he's a feminist that he believes in giving equal opportunities to women but then you're at the same time being condescending and you're literally kind of saying that what you're doing in your job as an actress Mm -hmm. in your role even though it is actually factually speaking the same work yeah it's just media's role as yours but but you're less yeah right so it's like i don't even think he realized he was doing that yeah that's unconscious bias right there to him he's thinking he's been a warrior he's been a champion of women's rights he's always when they ask the question he's like i believe in equal pay i believe in um i believe in women getting more roles more women-centric films and in Bollywood because there aren't a lot of women-centric films and then when push comes to shove when you're attacked for getting paid more than her then you, you get defensive yeah and by and mm-hmm. and you say no my role is actually better yeah and I do more work mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's the thing I think then that's and just to put context like, this actress is a leading actress who's known to have made it really far yeah yeah to, and being a lot of success mm-hmm. being very successful I think she'd be cool to, to Angelina Jolie in Hollywood, yeah. right? Yeah. So when you, <laughs> yeah. when you think about it, so I think this example, just like if you just really think about it from bigger picture, I think a lot of guys really need to think about these unconscious bias they have. Yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. But yeah, so I think representation is really important in entertainment. And like you started off with giving examples, but like I think the main point here is that we need representation in the entertainment industry because when we're looking at TV, we're looking at YouTube, we're looking at we want to see more and more women who are in powerful positions, who get paid equally, who get paid high amounts for the amount of work they put in because then it just makes us feel more empowered as women, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think it's really hard for people who've been privileged enough to not feel empowered. Yeah. It's hard for you to imagine the other side. Mm-hmm. That's the catch with these things. It's it's hard to exercise empathy, mm-hmm. but what yeah. but, but 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 what makes us human is our compassion. 
Yeah. That's what makes us stand out from every other species in the world. We have that compassion. So I think that it's important for us to really exercise our compassion. Yeah. It could be really hard, but just try doing that for a minute. You yeah. know, try thinking that you're in a room full of, you know, as a man, you're in a room full of, I don't know, women. Yeah. Right? And try mm-hmm. thinking that how comfortable would you be to even just speak out? Exactly. Knowing that, you know, in this room full of women, uh, very, very dominating, all of these women, like a female dominating feel. Like, it's just... Yeah. You feel, you feel nervous or you feel that uncomfortable feeling when you know you're a minority. Yeah. Right? Very true. And like, that's a good point to go into Hollywood. And I think one of the main problems in Hollywood in terms of representation is that intersectionality, right? Yeah. So um, just going back to examples, I remember in an interview I heard someone told Viola Davis, she's the Meryl Streep of her generation. Yeah. And then, I'm not sure if that's the exact words, but, and then she replied saying, when I get paid the same as Meryl Streep, then call me the Meryl Streep of... Yeah of my times, right? Because yeah. she's, and that's she's, she's an African-American so actress, right? Yeah. And she's a wonderful actress. She's won Oscars. She's done a, she has a great body of work. Yeah. But at the end of the day, she's not paid the same as Meryl Streep. And that's... And I mean, like, obviously Meryl Streep has a much more experience than her, but like, at that stage in yeah. their career. But that's exactly the point that, you know, at the end of the day, equality is not about uplifting only one section, right? Of mm-hmm. one section of people. You need to do all of them. Yeah. Because uplifting one in mm-hmm. no way is literally solving the problem yeah. you're perpetuating it for a really longer time exactly. yeah right so at the end of the day i think sometimes people lose light of the fact that equality is means equal opportunity and yeah. equal uh just equal ch- equal rights for mm-hmm. everyone yeah. regardless of your race gender sex religion you deserve that equal opportunity yeah. you deserve that respect irrespect- irrespective of your body type, your skin color, your sexuality, yeah. your everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. body's a huge thing in Hollywood too. Like you're not respected as much as a put together and like all rounded actress if you're not say, fit, right? Yeah. This new fitness yeah. craze everybody has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get on board with that. No. But yeah, and I think um another thing with Hollywood is you can't really escape what Hollywood has actually started. Like kudos to them, the Me Too movement, right? Yeah. Harvey Weinstein. Like that in that respect, we've come very far, and I'm and I'm and I'm proud to say that today, the hashtag Me Too movement has actually come this far. Many yeah. people disregarded it. Many people said it was just an internet craze. But that hashtag won't do anything. Yeah, hashtag won't do anything. And yes, they're not going to solve a legal battle, but they they do influence many things. And today, Harvey Weinstein Weinstein has been convicted of criminal sexual act in the first degree and a third degree rape. Yeah. I mean, yes, there's gray areas there. There were other counts that he was not convicted there's on. There's other counts he wasn't convicted of, which could have put him away for life. But at the end of the day, he did get convicted. He, so had, a pub, he had a yeah. trial. He was convicted. He was, there was jurors, jurors. There was evidence. There was witnesses. There was testimony. He went through a whole process yeah. that a man as powerful as him is rare for yeah. them to go through that. Yep. You know? It's yeah. rare. Like, it's such a powerful just image to see that this powerful man who made who produced wonderful movies and Hollywood with so much power, this man was taken down for yeah. all the wrong things he's yeah. done to vulnerable, innocent women. Yeah. And I yeah. think I think that goes to say that, you know, we have made progress yes. in acknowledging problems. We mm-hmm. have made progress in understanding that, you know, certain things need to be understood and certain things need to be done. But we still have a long way to go. Yeah. So at the end of the day, neither should one feel too down thinking, oh, like, oh shit, we have a century of progress left. But neither should one feel too complacent that, you know, pat yourself on the back that, you know. You're done. You're yeah. not done. Yeah. You're not mm-hmm. done. And I think what's really important in 
you know, we started by saying, you know, where women are in 2020. Yes, a lot of, there is a lot more, lot more understanding about gender equality. There's a lot more understanding about the economic and social benefits of gender equality. Mm-hmm. And I think where women are in 2020 is that we have a lot more male allies, yeah. right? And I think what, I think from our personal experiences, we were saying that we've been surrounded by a group of friends and that these guys as well, men who who are supportive, who we'd like to believe are supportive. Sure, everyone has unconscious bias, men and women, yeah. but in general, we've been very supportive and mm-hmm. believe in equality. So I think sometimes men feel like they're not part of the conversation. Sometimes yeah. men feel like, where do we fit in the conversation? Should we, should we sit on the side of the spectator or should we just say positive things? I think, I personally think that men are an important part of the conversation. As much as this is about women and gender mm-hmm. equality, it is about gender equality and you're one of the genders. Yes. And as it so happens, you're half of the world population. Mm-hmm. And as it so happens, you are the majority. Yes. In terms of all the aspects of mm-hmm. that we talked about, you happen to be the and you gender are the powerful power. Majority. Exactly. Yeah. You're the powerful, you're the powerful gender. Majority. So there, you do have a social responsibility. Exactly. And I think many men have been acting on that social yeah. responsibility, yeah. which I find yeah. great. But you know, while they have acted, like you said, that unconscious bias is still there, yeah. that maybe we don't realize that we're yeah. halting certain growths yeah. in certain areas, whether we're criticizing certain growths yeah. in certain areas, but yeah, I think we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that as, as a man, if you if you feel, I personally feel like if a man feels like, oh, I'm not sure, like, what should I say? You know, it could be as simple as just asking mm-hmm. your female friend or, or your sister, your mother, whoever, right? Your girlfriend, your wife, right? That, oh, okay, then how does that issue make you feel? And what do you think I can do to help? It could be just as simple as that. Get that conversation started. It doesn't have to be something like, you know, and, and as the recipient of that question, the woman should neither feel like, oh my God, why does he not know where he is or yeah. where he should be in this picture? Because sometimes that white noise of like, oh, this should happen ifs and buts, you literally lose sight of your goal, which is to help each other yes. achieving gender equality. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So that's where we are in 2020. Yeah. Kind of there, kind of not. Yeah. But I think good progress is coming. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. Yeah.